Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to Great Panther Mining's Q1 earnings call and webcast. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Megan Brown, Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. I'm Meg Brown. Thank you for taking the time to participate in our call today. Before we begin, I'd like to mention that some of the commentary on today's call contains forward-looking statements. You should be cautioned that actual results and future events may differ from those noted in today's presentation. The commentary also refers to various non-GAAP measures definitions, and reconciliations that are included in the company's MD&A for the period ended March 31, 2020. All dollar amounts in this presentation and in the associated financials and MD&A are in U.S. dollars unless noted. For reference, during the call, AISC refers to all-in sustaining costs. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded and will be available for replay later today. Replay information and the presentation slides accompanying this call and webcast will be available on our website at www.greatpanther.com. So on the call this morning, we have Rob Henderson, our newly appointed President and CEO, Neil Hepworth, our Chief Operating Officer, Jim Zadra, our Chief Financial Officer. And I'll now turn the call over to Rob Henderson. Rob? Thanks, Meg, and thank you everyone for dialing in today. I'm excited to take this on for a number of reasons. First of all, Great Panther, is highly leveraged the gold price, and I see a significant value play in a rising gold price environment. Secondly, perhaps most importantly, Great Panther has a great team with producing assets in good jurisdictions. Our employees have done very well in this very disruptive time of COVID-19. I would like to thank them and all our frontline workers for their efforts. My priority is to stabilize operations, generate strong cash flow. My background is in operations, so I'm looking forward to this task. We also need to advance advance our brownfields exploration efforts, and we need to maintain liquidity. The market doesn't like surprises, and this is one of the main reasons in my mind that the company trades at a significant discount to its peer group. We've had setbacks, and at the end of the day, we have not had consistent operating performance and a resulting lack of predictability in results. Now we have a refreshed board with tremendous mining experience and their strong relationships within the industry brings us new access to capital markets and projects. And this brings me to the third reason I see good upside in our company, is that Great Panther has had a low profile on Bay Street, which is an important financial center for mining. We've had tremendous following in the U.S. and Europe and trade almost eight times the volume on NYSE American than we do on the TSX. Many of you on the call today have been longtime supporters of Great Panther, 
and I look forward to building a similar established following on in Canada, as this should give us a strong re-rate opportunity as we stabilize and improve the operations. One of our high-level objectives is to build a stronger capital market presence, as this will create a strong platform for further growth. The new board will also strengthen and support our ability to do this. Once we get our currency back to where it should be relative to our peers, we will look to grow the company through M&A and achieving critical mass is important. We want to grow the business. <clears throat> because I haven't yet had the chance to visit the mines and meet our teams in person, I'm going to give a high-level overview of the quarter and then we'll turn over to Neil for the detailed discussions on the operations and of course Jim will do the financial review. So before we get started with the review of the quarter, I'd like to comment on the health and safety of our people pertaining to COVID-19. We have put in place a number of proactive measures, including travel restrictions, and many of our employees are working remotely, including everyone at head office. At mine sites, we have supervision, monitoring, and response plans in place, as well as health screening and continuous assessment and we are limiting external visitors. In spite of this, we unfortunately reported two affected employees at our Tucano mine this week. Both cases are local employees living in the nearby communities of Pedra Branca and Serra de Novio. They have both been placed in quarantine and are being monitored by the local health authority. We continue to screen all employees on arrival at mine site and workers are encouraged to stay at home if they do not feel well. The health and well-being of our people and communities is a core value and will continue to be our top priority through this pandemic. On the topic of COVID-19, all of our mines were in full production during the first quarter. However, subsequent to the end of the quarter in early April, the Mexican government put in place a directive to temporarily suspend all non-essential business activities, which included mining. The directive was initially set to expire on April the 30th, but has been extended until May, the end of May. As a result, Topia and the Guanajuato mine complex are not currently operating. Our Tucano mine in Brazil so far continues to operate with full and proper protocols in place. We had a strong cash position at the end of Q1 and lost production in April in May from Mexico not expected to exceed more than 5% of our annual planned production for the company as a whole. So 2020 was off to a good start in Q1, and we delivered significant growth in revenue, mine operating earnings, and operating cash flow. Our production totaled 34,725 gold equivalent ounces, a 134% increase over Q1 last year following the Tucano acquisition. A revenue of 48.1 million delivered cash flow from operations of 11.8 million in the quarter. And we ended the quarter with $39 million cash on the balance sheet. Driving that growth in production was the Tucano Gold Mine, which is now our flagship asset and is a big focus this year as we carry out a $6.6 million, 55,000 meter exploration program focused on near mine resources. 
Tucano produced 26,176 ounces of gold in the quarter, a 12% increase over the first quarter of 2019. Uh, this last quarter, we also announced our inaugural mineral reserve and mineral resource estimate, which was significantly lower than the previous estimate. This is the result of updating the geological model, which resulted in higher grades and lower tonnage. But most importantly, this model now provides us with greater confidence in our mine planning. We're currently focused on drilling in our existing pits to convert mineral resources to reserves. And the property surrounding the mine has great potential and is very underexplored. So we will be testing some regional targets this year too. We are maintaining a full year production guidance at Tucano of 120 to 130,000 ounces of gold at an all-in sustaining cost between $11.50 and $12.50 per ounce. At our Mexican silk operations in the quarter, we produced 769,429 silver equivalent ounces in the first quarter and also launched a 25,000-meter exploration program at GMC, which is progressing well. GMC is expected to produce 1.2 to 1.4 million silver equivalent ounces this year at an all-in sustaining cost between $13 and $14 per ounce of silver. As we will discuss later on our call, Topia's guidance will be released at a future date, but no later than the end of Q2. I previously noted the suspension of mining operations in Mexico by the federal authorities as a protective measure due to COVID-19. To date, we haven't had any cases of COVID-19 at our Mexican operations, at which we still have staff undertaking necessary care and maintenance and security as allowed for. I'm very excited to lead Great Panther in the next phase of growth. We are a precious metal producer with assets in Mexico, Brazil, and Peru. We have a strong, diverse operating platform from which to grow with exploration upside and financial strength, along with an experienced team to execute on these important initiatives. I will now turn the call over to Neil Hepburn to cover the operation. Okay, thanks, Rob. Okay, starting with Tucana, after closing the acquisition last year, we immediately focused on finishing construction and commissioning of the sulfide processing circuit, which allows us to process a higher-grade sulfide ore. That we did last year. First quarter production totaled 26,176 ounces of gold. As expected, this was lower than Q4, as we focused on pre-stripping activities in all of the producing pits. Urukum Central North, AB3, and starting of the pushback in Urukum North. This resulted in fewer tons of ore mined in the quarter, but as planned, the pre-strip sets us up nicely to make up over the course of the year. Um, costs in the quarter were higher than full-year guidance for the same reason. Waste tonnage was 36% higher than the previous quarter, as we advanced some of the waste movement schedule for upcoming quarters. The upside, however, is that all of this should lead to improved production and lower ASIC in the remaining remained of 2020 and into 2021. During the quarter, as, as Rob mentioned, we, met, we launched a $6.6 million, 55,000-meter drilling program at Tucana that is divided into near mine and regional categories. This is a three-fold increase in the amount of drilling done last year as we work to capitalize on Tucana's exploration potential. 
5 million is dedicated to within 5 kilometers of the plant that could lead to the development of new mineralized zones while 1.6 million is focused on regional targets within a 20 kilometer distance to the mill well within economic trucking distance in addition with the current gold price well above the prices used in the historic pit shell designs we are analyzing opportunities to expand the existing pits during Q1, we completed the first 2,408 meters of this drilling with two rigs on site. Two additional rigs have been added since, since quarter end for a total of four rigs. Okay. We are evaluating the merits of conducting a feasibility study for underground. The study will start around the end of the year. We will consider an exploration decline to provide access to the ore plus good drill coverage for lower down in the ore body. The ramp would also eventually serve as a production ramp. The feasibility study will evaluate the economics of dual production declines, different mining methods, and contractor versus owner-operated models. Right. On the next slide, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the exploration. Um, the, the main fo focus for the reserve replacement drilling is TAP-AB. Um, target resources are below the current $13.50 per ounce reserve pitch shell, which is the, the blue line and above a new $1,500 per ounce pitch shell, which is the orange line. This new, this new shell is far larger than the RPA $1,500 resource pitch shell that considered the average mining cost, mining cost for Tucana and a 3.8 reais per US dollar exchange rate. The new shell includes an exchange rate of 4.5 reais per US dollar and uses mining cost specific to tap a beat to take into account the extended oxidized, oxidized zone within free, with free diggable material and the proximity of processed plants and waste dumps. A second new resource shell in red demonstrates gains that may be made if the equivalent of a 10% reduction in operating costs are achieved. Okay, you can see there that the, um, the reserve replacement drill holes are shown in purple traces. Infill drilling is, is focused on resources where less existing coverage so that these inferred resources can be upgraded to firstly to indicated resources and then converted to reserves within this pitch shell. The conversion of inferred and indicated resources in the orange and red pitch shells will increase reserves by between 180,000 and 230,000 ounces. The first phase of drilling is, is, is expected to be completed by the end of June. Um, next slide. I, the next slide looks at the, at the regional um, exploration potential. I, th I think that um, Great Panther's regional tenements cover the most pers prospective and underexplored greenstone terrain in Brazil. The, the images that you see on the, the slide are basically conductivity superimposed on magnetics. The large oval-shaped blue zones reflect granitic intrusions of the main drivers of mineralization. The, the red squiggles are highly conductive zones such as banded iron formations, chemical sediments, or deep weathering that squeeze between the intrusions. The, the granite intrusions provide heat that drives and generates the gold-rich hydrothermal systems that precipitate gold in structural and chemical reactive host rocks. Okay, the seven-kilometer trend to corner mine trend is, is the north-south trend indicated by the arrow. Note the numerous environments similar to similar to the Tucana trend that need to be prioritized and evaluated. Um, we have a new VP exploration and, and he, he has extensive experience in greenstones and extensive knowledge of Tucana tenements in particular from his, his, his previous functions. 
Um, Nick, Nick will identify and give priority to high potential corridors and targets based on logistics and prospectivity with a view to fast track and exploration program that's ex expected to start in Q4. So we may, we may end up jumping into, in, in, into sort of regional exploration in, with, with, with Avengers rather than taking it slowly. Um, right, next slide. Um, moving to our Mexican operations, it's important to note that our primary, primary metal produce is now gold. However, we continue to use and report cost metrics per payable silver ounce to manage and evaluating, to evaluate operating performance at our Mexican silver mines. In Q1, we produced 376,000 silver equivalent ounces of 4.2 thousand, sorry, well, 4,200 gold equivalent ounces um, at Tapir. Um, reflected lower throughput and also lower average gold lead and zinc grades. These factors were partly, partially offset by higher average silver grade and, and, in, and in gold recoveries. Um, we completed 1,561 meters of exploration drilling in the quarter Topia to, to better define existing mineral resources and extend the mineral resources into new areas. There are currently four rigs on site at Topia. As noted in our March the 9th press release, we temporarily ceased depositing tailings on, on, its, on phase two tailing storage facility at Topia based on a recommendation by our, by our consultants. Our team is reviewing various alternatives, including mitigating measures to continue using phase two TSF and advancing of permitting for phase three of the TSF. Currently, we, ex we estimated a, a potential mill stoppage for three to six months with ongoing mining and stockpiling of ore. However, sub subsequent to quarter end operations were temporarily sus suspended due to COVID-19, which is now expected to be in place until end of May. At the Guanajuato mine complex, nearly all of the process ore was, was being sourced from the San Ignacio mine. While we continued exploration activities at Guanajuato mine, the two mines together with a shared processing plant comprise our Guanajuato mine complex or GMC. Production from the GMC in the first quarter was approximately 393,000 silver equivalent ounces, or about 4,300 gold equivalent ounces, at a cash cost of $7.84 per payable silver ounce, and all-in sustaining cost of $14.21 per equivalent silver ounce. The exploration program continues to advance at GMC with four underground drill rigs in operation and the objectives of outlining in-situ blocks of higher-grade mineralization. Underground and surface exploration has also been increased at San Ignacio. In, in March of this year, we announced an updated 43 NI4101 resource for both Guanajuato and San Ignacio. Um, exploration efforts will continue this year with a, with a goal of boosting production from GMC in the second half of 2020. Okay, I'll now turn the call over to Great Panther CFO, Jim Zadra, to discuss our first quarter financial results. Thanks, Neil, and welcome, everyone. We recorded a 188% increase in our revenue for the first quarter of 2020 relative to Q1 of 2019, which, which, which is the primary driver behind our, our higher operating earnings and operating cash flow. The higher revenue primarily reflects the full quarter of Tucano operations, which we acquired last year, and also reflects a significant improvement in the average realized gold price to 1577, 
versus 12.94 for Q1 of 2019. Today, gold is is well above 1,700 per ounce and has been trading in this range for a good part of the quarter, which bodes well for our Q2 results. We reported mine operating earnings before non-cash items of 14.2 million and cash flow from operations of 11.8 million. Despite these strong increases in mine operating earnings and operating cash flow, we reported a net loss of 13 cents per share after accounting for non-cash items. Adjusting for these items, we reported adjusted EBITDA of 6.4 million. The non-cash charges relate uh, primarily to the significant historic weakening of the Brazilian real against the US dollar towards the end of the quarter as the COVID-19 pandemic accelerated. Approximately 26 million of these non-cash items relate to changes in the value of outstanding Brazilian real forward contracts that we put in place in the fourth quarter and the first quarter to hedge a portion of our production costs in Brazil to better to have better certainty on our cash flows. These forward contracts run out to February 2021, and as we are not fully hedged, we will continue to realize a net benefit on our real-denominated costs if there is substantial sustained uh, weakness in the real. If the real strengthens, we will recover some of the mark-to-market losses we recorded on the remaining contracts. Another 11 million of, 12, of primarily non-cash charges relates to the translation of U.S. dollar-denominated borrowings and liabilities on the books of our foreign subsidiaries, and primarily uh, the Brazilian subsidiary. GNA expenses were higher than in, 29, than in Q1 2019 due to a full quarter impact of, of, the, additional, of the addition of GNA costs from the acquisition of Tucano and additional insurance charges. We expect to see a reduction in G&A in the following quarters as we realize the cost centers used from closing the former parent company head office of, of Tucano. In the second quarter, 2020, most of the con- contractual ongoing employment and other administrative costs of the former head office will be wound down. For the first quarter of 2020, consolidated cash costs was 1054 per gold ounce sold, and all in sustaining costs, excluding corporate G&A, was 1737 per gold ounce sold. AISC and cash costs were impacted by a number of factors, including the seasonally lower production at Tucano, lower sales as compared to production, and higher waste stripping, as Neil mentioned, which is expected to benefit production through the remainder of the year. As production increases, and we see lower levels of waste movement, we expect our AISC to trend towards our guidance of 1150 to 1250 per ounce for Tucano, and we continue to maintain our cash cost and AISC guidance for the GMC. And later this quarter, we expect to provide guidance for Topia after we have better visibility on a restart following the COVID-19 restrictions in Mexico and the status of monitoring our phase two tailings down of progress on, on permitting of phase three. We continued to strengthen our balance sheet in the first quarter, closing an 11.25 million gold Dorade prepayment facility with, with Samsung, and we also increased our credit facilities in Brazil by a net 2.5 million. Uh, we are continuing to pursue additional capital to fund our exploration and growth programs and to improve our balance sheet. 
In terms of our capital allocation priorities, our primary focus remains optimization and exploration at Tucano, and secondly, exploration at our mines in Mexico. I'll now turn the call back to Rob. Thank you, Jim. Before we open up for questions, I just want to um, turn to our, our last slide in this presentation, and that's the, the valuation gap. I believe this is one of the most compelling opportunities I see here, and one of the reasons I was excited um, to take this on. I talked earlier about the re-rate opportunity based on the fact that Great Panther trades at a significant discount to its peer group. Again, our priority is to stabilize operations, get to a place where cash flow is steady and strong, meanwhile improving our visibility in the Canadian capital markets while we continue to foster and grow our profile in the U.S. markets. I see great upside in the company's valuation. Thank you. That's all we have for formal remarks, and I'll turn it back to you for the Q&A. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one, on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. Once again, if you're watching the webcast, you're welcome to submit a question in writing by clicking the tab in the top left quadrant. We'll pause for a moment as callers join the queue. The first question is from Matthew O'Keefe of Cantor Fitzgerald. Please go ahead. Thanks, operator. Good morning. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a, a couple of questions. Obviously, you know, we, we've chatted recently uh, when you, um, and as, as the new team has come on board. So, of course, welcome, and uh, we, we share your uh, optimism for the future for Great Panther. One of the areas that I'm particularly uh, drawn to with Great Panther is the exploration, and you, you've touched on that a fair bit in the, in the comments. Um, but I was wondering, it, it looks like you've already spent about $6 million from the financials this quarter on exploration. Um, I'm assuming that the budget is, is going to increase, and, and I guess you, uh, you pointed out that about $5 million is, is really near mine stuff uh, and a little bit more regional. Uh, when what, might we see some results from that, and um, would we expect to see the budget increase and in continued exploration for the remainder of the year? Yeah. Hi, Matt, and yeah, thanks for the comments. We, yeah, we're, we've, you know, we've got the drills turning in Brazil. Um, we're well into the program. Um, certainly not up to $6 million yet, but it, it is the focus to get our input drilling done by mid-year. So we're looking for a, a Q3 update to the model in time for the budget process at the end of the year. The regional exploration, you know, we'll be focusing on that once the, the the season dries up, which again is we're looking in Q3, Q4. So um, perhaps um, Jim can give a bit more color on the, the on, on the dollar spend. Sure, uh, Matt. It's Jim. Uh, you're, you're, just want to remind you the the exploration uh, and development line item on our P&L. Uh, reflects primarily the core cancha costs and exploration activities in Mexico that we don't capitalize, whereas our exploration in um, at Tucano is capitalized, which, which it will show up in capex. So this, the six million you're seeing is is not is the exploration programs that are not related to uh, 
to, to Kano. And, uh, you know, we, we remain on track in, in Tucano, at Tucano in terms of the uh, $6.6 million exploration program. We haven't, we haven't, uh, we still have a, a couple quarters to go in terms of completing that. Okay. Okay. No, that, that, thanks for clearing that up. Um, okay. And then, well, I've got you just another quick question here on, uh, on, on, uh, for COVID-19, um, I guess we haven't heard anything official from the Mexican government as to when you might, uh, whether you'll be starting up early um, or uh, the 30th uh, of May. Um, how long will it take you to to ramp up, and and um, how are things in in around uh, uh, Guanajuato with respect to the virus? Right, Guanajuato is is next to a you know a a town. And they are, you know, with, therefore we're in a, a, a later startup category date, according to the Mexican government. So the end of the May, end of May is when we can start up there. And it's going to take, you know, two to three weeks to get the team in place to get all the protocols, in, you know, um, agreed to get all the safety conditions in place. So it, it's going to be, you know, a startup in June, in reality. Um, at Topia, 18th of May is right now the green light from the government because we have not had any COVID cases there. So the team is going to be mobilizing there a bit earlier, but the focus there is really to get the permitting and um, monitoring um, activities in place so we can start production you know, a bit later on. So the focus right now is to get teams mobilized by the end of May in Mexico. Okay. Great. Th thank you for that. Um, I'll let others ask questions at this point. Thank you. Thanks, ma'am. The next question is from Heiko Ille of HC Wainwright. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Hello, Heiko. Hey. So, I mean, Brazil seems to be getting a bit worse every day when it comes to the COVID-19 issues. I mean, and from everything you've said and everything one reads, clearly your people want to work and, and they seem pretty good at it too. But I mean, if the government shuts down the site, that's pretty much the end of that. Rob, I, I know you haven't been there in person. I mean, you mentioned that even earlier on this call, but can you just tell us a little bit about what you're seeing from your in-country staff, what you're hearing, firsthand accounts, things that probably don't make the newspapers here in North America and things that we really aren't picking up on a little bit, please? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, Brazil is a mining community, and we're, we're not the only mine in Brazil. And yeah, as you mentioned there, you know, Brazil has been particularly, particularly hard hit by COVID. And we are seeing it now in our in our communities, which is which is nasty. And, you know, our employees, you know, it, it's a tough, tough time to operate. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of, um, you know, um, uncertainty about the COVID. So, you know, I, I really, you know, my, my heart goes out to all our employees who, who are working under these very difficult conditions. But, you know, the protocols do seem to be working and the, the government is right now is encouraging mines to carry on working under strict protocols. So um, it is tough but the mines are operating. And Neil, you, you've probably got a bit more um, direct experience in, in, in this. Have you got any commentary on Brazil? Yeah, I, I think one of the 
the things is that they're a little bit more economically driven than the people in, in Europe. And um, if they're not working, there's, there's no food on the table. So I think they're a lot more motivated to, to get out there. And the, the authorities recognize that. So they're, they're not in, in too much of a hurry to, to shut places down. As, 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 long as, um, as, as long as we can show that we've got the right protocols in place, they, they, they're pretty sort of accommodating to us. And, and in particular, the local community is, is very, very much behind us because we, we're supplying this, the main sort of source of employment in the area. So, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot of sort of there's, there's a lot of support for keeping the mine open. Yeah. Speaking of being a, a one employer uh, in the area with, with Popia, I mean, the mine's about as remote as it gets. I mean, I've, I've been there. Uh, I assume they won't have an issue with the May 18 startup that's, that's currently being grown, grown around. I mean, worst case scenario, I guess, they'll, they'll close the airstrip and the little road in and out of town. Or, or is there more extensive plans that are being handled to, to cope with this whole thing? Neil, you got that one? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, as, as I understand it, I mean, the well... Topia in particular, that's definitely sort of a one em, one employer town, and we've got everybody behind us there trying to trying to trying to get us open up as, as soon as possible. But they're, they're fighting against the, the government, so it's a, it's a slightly different story there. So even though we've got the the mayor going out and attending meetings and, and lobbying to try and to get us started as early as possible, it's 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 basically the government that's, that's laying down the the major rules. But having said that, there's a there's a we're basically fairly certain that we'll be starting up on the 18th, which is um, which is, is is partly due to the fact that there's, there's sort of sort of low incidence of, of COVID, but partly due to the fact that the that the um, local community is is so much behind us and, and is, is is pushing and, and making a noise and, and lobbying for us. And then just to confirm, you guys aren't having any issues getting uh, gold out of Brazil, right? I don't know. That's, that that um, part of the supply chain is working very smoothly. Okay. Very good. I'll get back into and let other people ask questions. Thank you, guys, and, and keep it up. Thank you. The next question is from Mike Mark Reichman of Noble Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Good morning. I just had two questions. Uh, first, with respect to Decano's all-in sustaining costs, could you provide maybe a little more detailed bridge uh, from the first quarter uh, to the guidance range? I mean, I notice there's still some stripping and development costs to be spent, uh, and so I just wanted to kind of get your your uh, kind of the key variables that you're focused on there. Okay, Mark, uh, just in general terms, we should see uh, the, the stripping uh, decrease, which will have uh, a pretty significant impact in terms of reducing the ASIC through the following quarters. We'll also see the production levels come up. And one of the important things to, to note is that we report our, our ASIC and cash costs on a sales basis. And if you look at our uh, sales versus production numbers for Q1, we produced 34,000 ounces, but sold uh, about 26, 27,000 ounces. So that impact that has quite a bit of an impact on the AISC number, 
because we're using a, a smaller denominator uh, against the expiration, the capex, all the other items that go into, and the stripping that goes into the, uh, the AISC calculation. So as our production levels uh, go up from Q1, that will also bring down the, uh, the AISC yeah. number. Okay, and then just secondly, could you just walk us through the timeline on the mitigation measures for the phase two TSF and, and uh, the remediation that's required on that adjacent TSF to the phase three and how that might impact uh, permitting? Um, sh shall I take this, guys? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. Um, essentially, the, we, we, during November last year, we had a fairly high, we had, we had a lot of rainfall during last year and a particularly high rainfall during November. And we had a, a movement on this paleo surface that lies beneath the tailings, the tailings impoundment. Now, that triggered our, our trigger action response plan. Which, which told us basically that we needed to, to stop using the, the, the TSF2 for stacking tailings. Um, subsequent to that, we've, been, we've continued monitoring this, and we've had so, so two, three months of stable readings. We're now back into the, into the green. So in theory, in theory we, we, we can actually go back and, and start stacking on, on phase, phase two. But having said that, the... Um, the, the consultant is, is keeping us in this in the orange status or the yellow status that's um, where we where we ha have to continue reinstalling some instruments on the phase one and um, and continuing with weekly monitoring instead of monthly monitoring um, but because of the covid we, we're not stack we basically not stacking on phase two we haven't gone back to stacking yet so once once we've got the once we've got the new instruments in and that's going to be starting soon the, the I mentioned earlier about the support of the um, the local authorities. Well, they've given us permission to to bring in the the, the team in this this month to do all of the um, instrumentation in the in the phase one and to do the CPT testing. So we should have some results sometime in in around about towards the end of June. We should be in a position where we can we can probably we can. We, where we've replaced all the instruments, and we could probably go back to the green status in 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 in, in, in the phase two. In, in in the meantime, we we're continuing with the to try and get the license on 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 phase three. We 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 think it's it's fairly close. We, we'll know within within two weeks of of the um, government reopening um, for whether we whether we've got it or not. And then if we haven't, we we will continue sort of pushing to to get that. So, I mean, that is, does that cover? I, th I think one of the main things it is. is that, Go ahead. Well, one of the one of the main things is that in the so 2017, they, they did a dam break analysis, but they did it on a on an op, as if it was a sort of a, a watering a, a water retaining structure, or alternatively, a tailings dam that had a large pond behind it. Um, subsequent to that, we've basically been dry stacking on top of phase one, so the the water table has dropped 10 meters. So the material isn't isn't saturated. So it's a completely different situation to what to what it was when they, when they, when we looked at it previously, which is which is why we we redoing the CPT tests to see the extent of material that could that, that could flow if the dam did fail. Oh, okay, and that's the remediation that that's that's basically that's uh, highlighted in the MDNA. That's that's the remediation. 
Well, the if, if the CPT tests indicate that we've got liquefiable tailings, um, then okay. what we would do is we, we would put we would put in a series of wells and start to to drain it. Okay, that that would be the, the remediation would be the wells to drain it. Okay. Okay. Great. Listen. Thank you very much. It's very helpful. Thank you, Mark. As a reminder, it is star one to ask a question. The next question is from Bhakti Pavani of Alliance Global Partners. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my questions. I morning, Bhakti. I wanted to start, uh, wanted to start uh, with Tucano. Uh, you know, as a part of the safety measures, since the mine is still operating, uh, has there any kind of cost impact that you have to incur uh, in order to implement those safety measures? Nothing significant. I mean, you know, we're 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 really it's you know it's it's a way of working rather than actually spending. So maybe we might see a little bit of inefficiency, but it, 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 there's no huge dollar value. You know, we are helping out the community with test kits, and but it, it's not you know the dollar amount is 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 not is is not significant. Can I add a little bit? Yeah, I was just going to say. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of donations, I, I think it was two hundred thousand dollars worth of, um, of of sort of medical and, and safety equipment that we put, we provided the local council. And, and as Rob said, I mean, the main thing is because we're screening everybody that comes in in, and anybody that has the slightest sort of sign that there might be, you know, sort of having some anything that looks halfway like a symptom, we send them home again. So there will be slight inefficiencies because of that in, in, in terms of equipment maintenance and, and, and operators, but nothing nothing significant at this stage. Got it. Thank you very much. Uh, and the second question is, uh, in case uh, the government mandate a partial or complete shutdown, what kind of contingency measures uh, you, know, you have in place or do you expect to implement uh, in order for the smooth operation at Tucano? Neil, you want to address that? Yeah, uh, what what we've got is we've got close to a million tons of, of stockpile running at about 0 0.662, 0 0.63 grams. Um, if, uh, if, if, if the government asked us to shut down, what we would do is we would, we would say, we would ask them if we could go into partial shutdown and continue operating the plants and, 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 and the stockpiles. Um, what what we what we're doing in the in the meantime to sort of sell this to the government is we're we we're segregating the plant workers from the from the other workers so that if if it does come to that then we can actually point out that that we've taken these measures and that the plant staff is staff is is is, is separate and it's we should be safe to go on perfect that's very helpful thank you so much uh, moving to Guanajuato, uh, the operations are expected to be shut down until May 30th. At this point, uh, and you know, given that the ramp up is going to take about two to three weeks, do you have uh, any kind of stockpile that maybe you can process once you get the green light from the government? Um, no, not 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 really. Nothing significant. There's like a, a few a few days. It's it's, it's not really a, a, a stockpiling sort of situ situation there. Um, Got it. It's, it, would, it, it would just be a case of, of, of slowly ramping up production. Got it. And just last one from the housekeeping standpoint. Uh, 
uh, I'm sorry if I missed the comment earlier, but Jim did talk about the expected wound down of DNA expense in the la latter half. Uh, Jim, maybe uh, could you please quantify it as to what level of reduction do you expect to see on the GNA cost front? Sure, Bhakti. I would expect to see the 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 uh, cash GNA, so exclusive of items like share based comp, uh, trend down to about uh, about two two and a half million uh, for the remaining quarters. Got it. Thank you very much. That's it from my side, guys. Thank you, Bhakti. The next question is from Jake Sikelski of Roth Capital Partners. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Morning, Jake. Just a quick one um, at Tucano. It looks like you accelerated some stripping activities uh, during the quarter, which, which is good to see. Um, I suspect these are going to come down over the next few quarters. Are you able to give any color on this? Um, just trying to get a handle on what all sustaining costs might look like over the rest of the year. Uh, sure, Jake. Of of the uh, of the capitalized stripping costs, uh, and if you go to our guidance table, we did give uh, guidance on the capitalized stripping. We incurred about uh, close to half of the annual capitalized stripping costs in Q1. So you can use that as a basis to to uh, basically model out the, the, the capitalized stripping for the balance of the year. Is it fair to say it'll be evenly distributed over the next three quarters or, or front-end loaded? I think uh, if my, my, my view is probably more in Q2 and Q3 and less in Q4, but maybe Neil can comment on that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's it, there's, there's a number of things that are sort of, on, on the one hand, we've, we've still got a, a lot of material to, to move on the, um, on the central north pit um, to get in, into, the, into the guts of the ore body and in, in the north pit. Um, but we, 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 we will be, sort of in the second and third quarter, we will be in, into, the main, in, into the main ore body, so there'll be less of that, that stripping. But in, in the last quarter, we started to bring in some, some stripping for, for next year. We, we, and, and also in the third quarter, we started to bring in some for the, from the central south as, as well and from, from AB1. So it's sort of like I think it, it basically it'll I think it'll it'll sort of balance out, but mainly over the third and fourth quarter. Okay, that's helpful. That was all on my end. Thanks. Thank you, Jake. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Rob Henderson for any closing remarks. Thank you, operator. Um, <clears throat> Certainly last year was an important year for Great Panther as we transitioned from being a silver producer in a single jurisdiction into what we are now, which is a multi-jurisdiction gold and silver producer. So based on the first quarter results this year, we're off to a good start. Obviously, the disruptions due to COVID-19 will be a challenge, but Tucana is by far now our largest contributor and will be the focus of our attention as we work to stabilize operations, increase cash flow, and add more gold to our mineral resource base. I'm confident 
we now have a solid platform and a competent team to drive growth and steadily improve our operations. Thank you for your participation today. And on behalf of everyone here at Great Panther, I look forward to sharing our progress with you in the next quarter. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.